All right, let's get into the Word of God. I got King James Version today. So um, I'll try to walk you through this. Um, the, di- the, the dialect isn't the same, and so uh, let, let's, let's get into it. Um, we're going to dive into Acts chapter 8. The book of Acts is all about the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. And so some context, uh, Jesus has ascended into heaven. And um, it's funny because we're kind of in that season of the ascension. Um, uh, Jesus ascended um, some 40 days after uh, he, he resurrected. And then 10 days after that, the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost, which simply means 50 days after the resurrection. So just to let you know, we're still in the season of resurrection and ascension. And uh, churches do a great job of celebrating Easter, but rarely do we talk about the ascension, um, which is one of the most powerful events in, in history. I mean, you're talking about Christ being taken up by a cloud into heaven. And right now, to this day, he's alive and um, he's interceding on your behalf. Whether you believe in him or not, he's fighting for you in heaven. Woo, just the thought of that is, is powerful. And then um, 10 days later, the Holy Spirit felt so God in us came. And even 2000 years later, he's still anyone who's open, anyone who's available. God is saving and God is filling and he's doing all that great stuff. But right now, what we're about to read, the church is being persecuted um, after winning. Thousands of people are coming to Christ. The church is growing. And now Saul and a lot of religious leaders, they're out. They're arresting Christians. They're persecuting Christians, killing Christians. And Saul is actually going to be a hero in the faith when Jesus gets through with him. Um, I, I just love it how God takes the worst of sinners and he makes them the greatest champions for the faith ever. I've always said for a lot of people, if God gets his hands on you, you would turn the world upside down. But a lot of us, we're too focused on trying to be like the world. It's the point where we can't even hear or see God. But if you let God in, oh my goodness, the things that you would do. And so Saul is out though. Saul's crazy. He's possessed by some demon right now and he's killing cats. So he needs deliverance. And so now the church is, is scattered. And uh, it's okay for the church to scatter because then Jesus can get outside of the four walls of the church. And Philip is in Samaria. Philip is preaching to people who Jewish people do not like. They're they're what Jewish people call half-breed. So Philip is preaching the gospel to them. Samaria is having a revival. And the Spirit of God is going to send Philip from comfortable church into the desert to encounter an Ethiopian official who is in charge of the queen's money. And so it is believed that this Ethiopian Ethiopian official is a worshiper of Yahweh because 800 years prior to Acts, Solomon hosts the queen of Sheba, who is from Africa. And Solomon is, is pouring into her, giving her all this wisdom, all this knowledge. And it is believed historically that she would become a worshiper of the one true God. And, and, and so her, her religion now becomes the country's religion. And now this Ethiopian is here worshiping God. But Philip is going to tell this guy about Jesus Christ. And so um, let's dive into it. Is that enough context? Are we here? Was that too much teaching? Or, or y'all need me to do backflips or anything? We're good? We're here? All right, cool. All right, here it is. Acts eight twenty six. It says, And the angel of the Lord spake. Someone say spake. That's King James spoke. Unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south 
unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. I need the T.D. Jakes anointing right now because he loves the King James, which goeth down. And I'm like, okay, okay, T.D., calm down. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia and, and a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem for to worship. We would say to worship. <laughs> uh, was returning and sitting in his chariot reading Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah, that is the prophet Isaiah. He lived 700 years before Christ. Dynamic, powerful prophet. Um, he's the one where you get the famous verse, Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah 7:14, one of your favorite Christmas verses. So he's reading the prophet Isaiah. And it says, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither. Someone say thither. Don't you struggle with those, the thuses and the these and the those and the thou, thithers and all that. It says this here to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandeth thou what thou readest? Do you understand what you're reading? Do you understand what I'm saying right now? And he said, how can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb, dumb before his shear, he opened. Oh, see, here it is. So he, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who shall declare his generation? Who's going to talk about Jesus? Who's going to rave about the fact that Christ died for you? Who's going to share that every day to someone? Who's going to celebrate that is what the prophet Isaiah was saying about when Christ dies for our sins. Who's going to go out and tell the world about how he suffered for our freedom and our salvation? This is what Isaiah is saying. The spirit of God is, is on Isaiah and talking through him for his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Let's pray and then we'll, I'll give you my points and let the Lord do what he's going to do. Come on, let's, let's pray, everyone. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you, Lord, that we get to worship freely, without persecution, without harm. Now, may we not take this moment for granted. Our hearts are open. Our minds are prepared. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. All right. Anyone love, show of hands, amusement parks? Amusement parks? Well, I love them. Because I got to connect. Anyone got to connect? Don't raise your hand. Someone might reach out to you now. You want to keep your connect. Um, Yeah. And and what I love about my connect, and things have changed because these companies are really moving in on their employees now. And it's like, we know you're selling tickets. We know you're giving away free tickets. So now we're going to take it from your paycheck. It's just all this politics. It doesn't make sense. Let people give away their tickets when they want to give away their tickets. Anyway, so... It used to be free to go in. I mean, we, all you had to do was get ready, get the kids ready, get to Disney, show up at the gate. 
they come through, they'll, you know, uh, and, and let you on through the gate and you're in there for free. And all you got to do is you got to budget for the food. Because sometimes the food is just as expensive as the tickets, right? My goodness gracious, man. They give you this big Coke, but it's like $12.95. I'm just, I just ordered... I just ordered a Coke, you know what I mean? And so the food is super expensive, but the tickets are free. And what Philip is tasked with right now in the scripture is showing this Ethiopian eunuch, this, this rich man, this influential man, this, this man who has great power and great influence. He's tasked with the call of showing this man that Jesus Christ is the way to God. That Jesus Christ is your free ticket to the Father. And that there's nothing that you really have to do except show up and, and believe. Yeah. You, you don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to change the way you dress. You don't have to change the way you speak. Uh, uh, if you struggle with certain things, you don't. A lot of people were raised to think you have to stop doing that in order to come to God. You know, you have to stop being rich. You have to stop serving the queen. You, you have to stop smoking. You have to stop drinking. You have to stop sleeping around in order to come to God. When simply put, Philip was led by the Spirit of God to, to, to approach and pursue this imperfect person who thought he was worshiping God. But what this man didn't know was that there was a, a new way to God. And that way was no longer through the law. Or through do's and don'ts. That way was through Christ. And Christ had already done everything perfect. And so Jesus is the ticket to the Father. Right now, I don't, I don't care who you are or where you are in life. And we all go through struggles. We all go through pain. I just simply want to help you to understand that it's very simple to get to God. And, and you can stop in the middle of your day, be it a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, or Friday. And you can just simply call out the name of Jesus Christ. And, and, and heaven, heaven will open over you if you just call out to him. There's no other way to the Father. And, and so Philip is going to peel back the scripture and begin to explain, this is Christ in Genesis. This is Christ in Exodus and the law. Uh, this is Jesus right here in Leviticus. This is Jesus in Numbers. This is Jesus here in Joshua. This is Jesus here in the Psalms. This is Jesus here in the Proverbs. Oh, yeah, that's Jesus right there in Isaiah. That's, and, and, and all of it's for, for you. And if I don't say anything else, Anthony, I've done my job today. Because he's all you need. He, he, he's all you need. I know personally right now more than ever in our family, we're rediscovering that Jesus is all we need. I remember when the house burnt down and we got into that, uh, that hotel a couple weeks ago. And, 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 and we prayed with our kids. We told them what had just happened to their home. And, and Judah, our baby boy, he's six years old. And it was time to pray. And, and, and Judah bowed his head. And, and he closed his eyes and he prayed. He said, Father God, I thank you for your son, Jesus. And I thank you for the resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. Powerful. House just burnt down. Basement flooded. But, but it's childlike faith to understand that all you need is Christ. A lot of us, we, we think we need money. We think we need to be with that person. We think we need to be in that neighborhood. We think we need to do this. We think we need to do that. When none of that's true, all you need is Jesus Christ. Go ahead and write this down. Faith in Jesus is the first step 
in God's plan for your life. Faith in Jesus is the first step in God's plan for your life. When you come to Christ, this is so powerful, you initiate the plan of God for your life. You, you, you activate it, you initiate it, you turn it on, you initiate the plan of God for your life. And for my seasoned Christians, I need you to prepare your hearts right now um, to, to be unseasoned. <laughs> to, 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 come, to come into this church this morning with an open heart. Don't give me this, I already know this stuff. That's where the power of the gospel dies. Already, oh Jesus! I know Jesus the way. Are you serious? Are we going to treat it that that is it? Is it you got it, huh? So you're perfect. You 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 got it. Okay, all right. Um, we're going to talk about water baptism here. For my people who have been water baptized, what I need you to do as you listen is I need you to be interceding in your heart for people who are on the threshold of taking that step and following the Lord. Yeah, we need to clap on this. I need I need I need your faith right now. Because when you come to Christ, it's not about you anymore. The day you came to Christ, faith stopped being about you. Oh, that leg's shaking. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of legs shaking. When legs are shaking and when butts are getting tight, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, Jesus, it's a real one today. Yeah. It stopped becoming about you because at that point you became a disciple. So I don't need this message to just be another... No, no, no. We need your faith. People in here are struggling. People are in here, they're dying spiritually and they're looking for freedom. They're looking for an answer. They're, they're looking for the way to God. So I need you to be a little bit more excited and leaned into this message. And this is why we're having this series next week, White Robes. Ooh, it said that, that, that oh my God, the, the, the angels were standing at the four corners of the earth holding the wind. And it said that there is a, a, a vast crowd standing before the throne of God in white robes. And, and, and when, we, when we talk about this next week, these are the believers who persevere. And, 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 and yeah, yeah, salvation isn't just, that's why it's the first step, Eric. It's the first step. It's not just a decision. It, it's a journey. And, and the Bible says, walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. So anytime I come into the house of God, I, I can't be passive. I can't be, uh, I, uh, I gotta, mm, mm. and I want, I want to bring more people to heaven. I, I can't, I can't, we can't play church. You mess your life up playing church. You know what I mean? Because you'll leave a supernatural experience and, and, and you won't leave with the power you need to overcome. Yeah. Y'all ready? I said I wouldn't do that. Come on. Let's put our hands together. We're in, come on. I'm too young to be reserved. Don't get me fired up. I'm trying to be nice, but y'all get you. All right. All right. Okay. Y'all ready? All right. Faith in Jesus is the first step. A couple facts that I know you know, most of you, but here it is. Other people don't. Jesus, born of a virgin. Write these things down. This was a miraculous birth. Son of God. And he lived a sinless life. And through his death, burial, and resurrection, anyone can receive salvation and be made right with God through faith. Let's read this verse here, Romans 10, 9 through 10. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Someone say saved. saved. 
For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Someone say saved. saved. Yes, yes, yes. The most important thing about your life is your salvation. We, we were having highlight leadership right here yesterday, um, and, and we had almost 35 or 40 up-and-coming leaders in the church. And, and, and I just, the Spirit of God just filled me, and he began to tell me, like, nothing else matters in life but your salvation. Scripture teaches that when you come to judgment, God is going to ask you two questions. What did you do with my son? And what did you do with what I gave you? And what's going to happen is, is God, God is going to put everything through a furnace. And, and on the other side of that furnace, what's going to come out is either it's going to be burnt up or it's going to be gold, silver, or precious stones. And precious stones represents everything you did in faith for Christ. So I'm not saying don't be ambitious. Don't go after big dreams. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that some of it matters and some of it doesn't. But really what it boils down to is, are you saved? And God has made it so easy to be saved. And I love this here in Romans 5. It says this here. Therefore, since we have been made right, made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace. Someone say peace. peace. With God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place. This is so important. Of undeserved privilege. For we now stand where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Here it is. Faith is the only step for salvation. Write this down. But it's the first step in our relationship with God. It's the only step for salvation, but it's the first step in our relationship with God. For many of us who have children, we understand how exciting it is for, for that baby to go from belly to, to roll to, to crawl. And, and then we're always wanting them to, to take that first step. Come on, baby. Take that first step. T- take that first step. And it's almost like they give you that first step, but you're, you're not satisfied with that first step. Right? And the reason why you want them to take the first step is because you want them to take the next step. The next step. First steps are very important. I mean, from diapers to potty training, that, that's, that's very important. Would we agree? Yeah. That's very important. Uh, a pre-K, but, but the goal is a diploma, right? You start out in college, the goal is the degree, right? right? right. You start out as, as associate, the goal may be CEO. In, in any and everything in life, there are steps. It's, it's always steps to where you want to be, and it's the same thing with God. It's the reason why we have so many bitter and weak Christians. It's because we've been taught to take the first step. The first step is the most important step, but it's not the only step. It's give your life to Jesus, and you're forgiven, and you're all right. But a year into your salvation, there's no power. There's no strength. There are no miracles. You're still dealing with the same things because we never teach and encourage the next steps in your growth. So, yes, Philip is going to preach the gospel. He's going to say Jesus is the way, but he knows that this man needs to take his next step. And Philip is going to do his job as a minister of Christ, and he's going to encourage him about the next step. First steps are vital, but the next steps bring about the growth of a thing. Show of hands, does anyone, you don't have to clap, show, does anyone want to grow? Uh, That was a slow, that was a slow, we'll do it again. Y'all wake me up. Does anyone want to grow? All right, all right, we want to grow, 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 we want to grow. You want to grow. 
You want to grow. Jesus said this. He says, and those who believe in me shall do greater things. What I, what I love about that word there, Rhoda, I, I like the end of it. I like the er. Er. And, and he's God in the flesh. So his word is eternal. I don't, I don't know if I can go this deep with this, with this group. He's eternal. I'm, I'm here, but he's, he's ahead of me. I, I'm here right now. But, but he's over there. He, he, I, I'm here, great herb, but he's there. I don't know if this crowd is catching this. I'm here, but he said I'll do great herb. I got more st- No, let me, y'all ain't, y'all ain't. Everybody in this room should be clapping. Err. Someone say err. Lord, don't do this. Don't do this. This is a baptism message. I ain't come to preach. I came to teach. Err. Someone say err. I'm going to have to do a series one day. The land of err. <laughs> Not you are. E-R. Err of the Chaldeans. Okay. All right. Here we go. All right. Acts. Okay. All right. Here. First time guests. Y'all all right? Y'all remember the other week, a first-time guest was like, I said, y'all all right? Like, Ooh. <laughs> I was like, they okay. They okay. Ooh. I love engaging first-time guests because they're like, do I clap or do I not? I don't know what to do. You know? Ooh. All right, here we go. Verse 36, y'all okay? All right, I promise I'm going to teach you out of here in 10 minutes. It's the quickest message ever. It's a record. Um, 36, and they went on their way. They came unto a certain water. Someone say water. water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? So what's stopping me from being baptized? He, he, I don't know what Philip fully said to him, but he's like, I want to give my life to Christ and I have to be baptized. And he says this here. And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. So here it is, a tangible step. Baptism, write this down, is the next step. So, so the eunuch received the good news. He believed the good news. And then there was... There was a desire to take that step of obedience, to take that, that step. This tells me something. This is so important, that waiting to be baptized is not a biblical concept. And I get it. Sometimes it's like, you know, I got to pray and let, let my family know my family is in Dallas. Can I call them? Can they come and be with me? And it's not a biblical concept. You won't find it in Scripture. You'll read all throughout the book of Acts as the apostles are going and they're sharing the gospel. And people are giving their lives to Jesus and they're immediately baptized. Because there's something there about that moment where when your heart comes to Christ, you just have to, to make that step. So number one, write this down. Baptism is a step of desire. It's a step of desire. When someone believes, and this is why, when someone believes in Christ, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The the gift of God, the God of the universe in your heart. And what the Holy Spirit will begin to do in your life is change your taste 
towards things. So, so you may come to Christ and start out with a certain proclivity or struggle or dysfunction. But if you really have the Holy Spirit over a certain amount of time, that will begin to kind of die off. And your desires will, I don't even want that no more. Ugh. I struggle with that, but ugh. yeah. Yeah, I was, I was talking to my wife the other day about a certain artist. And um, I said, you ever listen to this artist back in the day? She said, yeah, I used to actually, you know, back in my day, I used to be a little bit attracted to him. I'm like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Like, we be wanting stuff that ain't right. It don't even look right. Like, him, me, him, me? Like, thank you, Holy Spirit. Come on, man, put your hands together. Don't be stale. That's good. Some of you, man, some of us, man, the things we used to want before Jesus. Oh, my God. Um, Let me think right now about a few. Oh, anyway, it's all good. Let me keep it holy. Just the things we used to do, stuff we used to say, the people we used to be around. That wasn't God. That was the flesh. That was death. Oh, come on. And, and, and now it's just like, uh, you know. But anyway, it's a step of desire. And it's not you. It, it's God in you. And it says this here in Ephesians 1.13. Paul says this. I told you Saul was crazy, but he became Paul and he wrote this. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth. The good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own. Here it is. By giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Holy Spirit gives you a greater affinity and a desire for the things of God. No normal person wakes up and say, I want to be baptized today. So, so, so if you're on that threshold, if you're ready to make that decision, it's because the Holy Spirit is, is, is truly in you. And then, and then baptism, here it is, is a step of obedience. Write that down. It's a step of obedience. Philip would have taught the eunuch what Jesus commanded his followers to do which was baptize new believers, right? It says this here in, 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 in Matthew 28. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, someone say therefore, therefore. go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing, someone say baptizing, baptizing. in the name of uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, so, so water baptism is a follow-through action step. Like, like once, you, once you put faith in Christ, it's a follow-through. And this is what I've come to find out, is that we don't have to pray about something that God has called us to obey. So, so when it's like, I don't know if I'm ready for that, let, let me help you. Matthew 28, pull it back up, verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them. Here it is. And teach these new disciples, verse 20, to obey. Someone say obey. obey. 
obey all the commands I've given you. You don't got to pray about it. It's as if I tell uh, uh, my oldest son, um, hey, son, uh, take out the trash right now. And he like, uh, um, dad, uh, give me five minutes. I'm going to go to my room and pray about that. I'm going to say, uh, what you can do is take them five minutes and uh, go to my room and uh, gr- grab that leather black thing that is about that long. Let's handle this. Come on, put your hands together. That's good. Preaching, stop being. Don't give me your church face. That's good stuff. Come to preach to no church today. I came to preach to real people. That's good. You don't, I'm praying about taking, man, if you don't take this trash out, if you don't get in this water and do this, let's do this. Someone say, do this, do this. Anyway, dang it, I'm messing up again, Lord. <laughs> we got 12 signed up, but the goal is spontaneous. No one's ever going to make a decision on this kind of preaching. Okay, here it is, here it is. Uh, water baptism symbolizes new life. Yeah, it does. Ooh, this is good. I'm going to start closing it out right here. So here it is. Romans 6.4 says this, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. And, and, and so when you're baptized, the word bat, baptizes, baptizo, and it means to be immersed or to go under. All right, all right, thank you. So there are two forms of baptism, if you're taking notes. Number one is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What happens when a, when a, when a person gives their heart to Jesus is Christ sends the gift of the Holy Spirit from heaven. Heaven is above, right? The Holy Spirit leaves heaven and goes under into the earth. The baptism of the Holy Spirit immerse and goes into your heart. And that's the baptism of salvation. So you don't need water baptism to be saved. But once again, if you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to give you a desire to obey Jesus. Because God, wait, God has got the Father, God has got the Son, and God has got the Holy Spirit. So they always agree 24-7. And, and, and so that's the first baptism. Now, your baptism, the water baptism, is when, when, when you make a, a decision to, to go under the water, and it's a representation of your faith, in Christ. What you're doing is, is Christ, Christ went into the grave with our sin on him. He went into the grave, his body dead. Three days later, he rose unto new life. But the Bible teaches that he left our sin in the grave so that we don't have to be left in the grave. Okay. So when you're baptized, it's a representation that the old you before you came to Christ, the, the, grave, the water represents the grave. The old you has died, and the new you has, has risen. Come on, we can celebrate that. The new you, the new you has risen to life. And, and there, there are two things that I want you to write down that, that really is representative of water baptism. Number one is a revitalized spirit. Revitalized spirit. Because the Bible teaches that you were once dead in your sins and transgressions. And what was dead? It was your spirit, man. Your spirit. 
So when you get saved, when the Holy Spirit comes, he, he brings life to your spirit. Your spirit. That life force is what God gives you. A revitalized spirit. You are alive spiritually. Your eyes are open spiritually. This is why <laughs> we already passed that five minutes ago. But anyway, uh, anyway, so uh, you're, you're alive spiritually. And then number two, a redeemed soul. Write that down. A redeemed soul. Now, your soul is the part of you that lives forever. Your soul is the part of you that feels and it tastes and it hears and it touches. And it saw this. I've often been asked questions about what is heaven like? And I, I can go to the scripture. God has given me an experience or two. Um, 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 I've actually seen certain parts of heaven. Um, and then I've been given questions about hell. I've never visited there in the spirit realm. But there are certain things you will be learning about this next series. There are certain things that you can read in the scripture about hell. One thing that is true about both places is that you don't lose your senses. Because a, a third of your soul is your feelings. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. So how you feel. So, so when you come to Christ, your soul is saved and heaven is your home. Let me tell you, heaven is beautiful. It, it, is, it is the most beautiful thing ever. There's nothing in this earth that can touch heaven. There's nothing. nothing and this is why I say the most important thing about your life is your salvation. I've, I'll say it like I said it last week. I've never, ever, 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 ever. Ever, I've never ever seen a car or a house or a bank account or or, 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 or a Louis bag or a leather jacket or I've never seen it attached to a hearse because at the end of the day the crap don't matter anyway. The only thing that matters is the salvation of your soul. So let the world have it, let the devil have it, but I need to be with God. When it's all said and done, I need to be in heaven. When it's all said and done, I need to be saved. When it's all said and done, and that's what Jesus died for, my salvation. And there's nothing like heaven. Nothing like heaven. It's peaceful. There is no sun because God is the light. The water is perfect temperature. The grass is beautiful. There's nothing like heaven. Paul says, I had an outer body experience. He said, I can't tell whether it was in body or out of the body, but, but I can't even utter how amazing heaven was. I can't utter the sounds that I heard. And so it's, it's, it's a redeemed soul that, that, that when you come to Christ, you get. And it says this here in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new, someone say new, creation has come and the old has gone the new is here take that step there's nothing magical about the water but but there is something special about the act of obedience and in saying like it's time for me to take this step of baptism i get it your family might not be here we can take pictures we can send it to them. We can get it. All. We have everything you need to obey God and to step into the supernatural moment. And last thing, uh, water baptism is a public declaration. It's, it's, it's an external demonstration that an internal transformation has occurred. Okay. And it also, if you're taking notes, when you are water baptized, it's telling the world that I identify with the teachings of Jesus. No other person. Right. 
that, that his word, here it is, water baptism. When you are water baptized, you're telling the world, his word is the rule of thumb for my life. That's what they would have understood when they were being water baptized. And when you love someone, you don't keep it private. When you, when you love them, you go public with it. You, you, tell, you tell the world. So I'm sure that, that, that eunuch, his, his staff was there, the chariots, the horsemen, the guards. He stopped the chariot, and he had enough witnesses. He didn't need his mom. He didn't need his dad. He, didn't need, he, just, he just needed Philip, and he needed who was there, and he was going public with it in that moment. And I think for some of you, today, today is your day to go public. It, it, it's, it's, that, it's time to take that next tangible step in your faith. We, we get a lot, how do I grow in my faith? I'll, I'll sum up your growth in one word. Application. I can preach to I'm blue in the face. You can read the word of God, understand it. You can understand the Greek and the Hebrew. But until you actually begin to apply the word of God, it'll be of none effect in your life. You can come to church, get hyped. But until you hold on to it and step out on it, you won't see God move. And I just think today, if, if that step is water about, for some of you, you need to just come to Christ. For others, you need to take that step. For others, you need to forgive. I don't know what it is. I just know you need to trust God and begin to apply it. So, so the grace of God can be released in that area of your life. Here's a few questions some of you may have. What if I gave my life to Jesus years ago and I haven't been baptized? It's okay. Take that step. That's right. I, I was four years in, and I finally was water baptized. I read it, but but it was never made clear to me that I should I should have already did this, you know. And there's no condemnation, but I, I should have did this. Some of you will ask. I was baptized as a child. And I would probably encourage you and say, maybe you didn't fully understand what you were doing. And if you ever have a question about should you be baptized again, that's key for the fact that you should. Um, a lot of us were introduced to things because it was the tradition of our family or of our denomination or of our religion but we had no clear knowledge we didn't have a personal relationship with Christ and so here at Highlight we don't baptize kids until you're 10, 11, 12 and, and the child has to be able to explain who Christ is what repentance is what salvation is do they understand why because in Jewish history there was a certain age that, that, that the people understood now the child is ready to, to obey the commandments. There's a principle in that. For Christ, he was 12 years old in the temple debating with the lawyers. So we don't just want to force children, but what we will do for kids is say, hey, dedicate them. 
That's, you, you'll never see children baptized in scripture. What you see is parents brought their children to Jesus. They set them near him, set them on his lap, and he blessed them. They dedicated their children to the Lord. And so here we do it case by case basis because we want our kids to know. I do everything in my power to tell Judah knows his baptism season. I want to be baptized. I say, no. Not yet. We dedicated you to the Lord. And until you can understand why, we're not going to do it. He'll understand one day. He'll understand one day. I was dedicated as a baby. You didn't understand. You were dedicated. The other question is, is water baptism a requirement for salvation? No. So you don't have to ever do it. You can still go to heaven. But why not fully obey God? Why not receive everything that God has for you? If Christ did it, why not? Why not today put a stake in the ground? You may be saved, but why not today put a stake in the ground and begin to truly move forward in everything that God has for you? Why not today, even if you're saved, leave alcoholism in the water? Why not today leave that addiction in the water? Why not today? And we, we have, you got that box for me? We got, I promise, we got everything you need. Everything. Thank you, Isaac. Everything. Let me see what's in here. This is clean. Everything you need. Got a new t-shirt. Come on, if anything, you get a new t-shirt. A new t-shirt for you. New t-shirt. Fellas. Some boxes for you. Ladies, we have the equivalent, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll honor you. Got flip-flops for you. Shorts. There's no excuse to not take this step today. And to um, put a stake in the ground and say, Lord, I'm, I give you my life. I give you my life. Let's pray. Let's let's ask God to bless this. Father, we pray your blessing. God, I pray that you would right now give, give your children the strength to step out by faith. And to be sensitive to that nudge, that tug. We thank you, Lord, for examples like the Ethiopian eunuch, his obedience, his faith, his his excitement, his joy to step into everything that you had for him, God. Give us that grace. Draw us. If there's anyone in here, I want to give you the opportunity who wants a fresh start in God. You need a fresh start. It's as simple as placing your faith in Jesus. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to change anything. God will do that. Ooh, I'm feeling this. 
You just got to trust him. Forgiveness is yours. Salvation is yours. Just open your heart and pray this prayer with me right there where you are. Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And today I give you my life. I thank you, Father, for raising Jesus from the dead so that I would have eternal life. I repent and I give my heart to you. I receive your forgiveness. I receive the gift of your spirit. Now give me the grace to follow you all the days of my life. Be patient with me. I love you. I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate big. Wow, wow, wow.